I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of The Journey Podcast. I'm your host, Cy Wilmore. This is the second series of The Journey Podcast, and we would usually be speaking to the freelance writers and photographers who've worked on issue two of Journey. But because this is the 12th and final episode of the series, we have something slightly different for you. Today, I'm speaking with Emma Gibbs, a freelance writer and editor with 15 years of experience in the industry. And perhaps most importantly, she's the editor-in-chief of Journey Magazine. In other words, she's my boss. Thank you so much for joining us today, Emma. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you, Sally. How are you? Very, very well. Thank you. It's all getting a bit all getting a bit cold and a bit wintry up here in the Cotswolds. What about yourself? Yeah, it's pretty well, it's bright now, but it was absolutely miserable um earlier. And I was already soggy as um from coming off the sleeper train from the Highlands. Um oh, you, I was... feel like I still haven't tr- uh, dried out yet. Oh no, you've literally just got in this morning, right? Yeah. From from Scotland. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm I'm slightly kind of incoherent, and uh, <laughs> and just haven't haven't had proper sleep for a while. So just keep keep drinking the coffee. I've got. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't obviously the folks listening can't see it, but I've got a positive bucket of the stuff here. It's, uh, <laughs> this is my lifeblood. Yeah, exactly right. As I say, thank uh, Emma. Thank you so much for for joining us. Um, let's get into it. Perhaps you could tell us a little bit about yourself. You know where you're from originally, what you studied, and how you got into travel writing and editing. Sure. Um, well, I grew up in suburban London, very exotic, nice. um, and then went to university at Exeter and studied drama. Oh, wow. Um, and then about a year after I graduated, by uh, working as an actor at the London Dungeon, just, you Good know. Lord. We're going to get into that in a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably my most exciting job. <laughs> um, so after, after a year of that, um, I went uh, to Leeds University and did a master's in creative writing wow, nice. and that then from that got a job uh, working as a copywriter for a luxury travel company um, basically writing all their brochure copy mm-hmm. 
um, and then discovered that uh, travel guides, which was what I was really interested in, um, hired people called editors, which I had no idea about. <laughs> oh, <right. before. laughs> so um, I got a job with DK Travel and worked there um, for a year and then kind of uh, was an editor for Rough Guides for about a decade um, before going freelance. So. And of course, we actually worked together yeah. uh, on a couple of times. Now I'm sure there was was it India. We we kind of briefly spoke about this, folks, mm. and I when we realised we'd be working together on Journey. But again, you know, you've got to sift through like emails that were eight years ago or yeah. whatever. <laughs> and I'm sure there was the rough guide to India and perhaps rough guide to Malaysia. Would you have worked Maybe. on that? Maybe, yeah. So kind I think of so. I mean, yes, yeah, the same. I think I'm pretty sure I have some from you since I've been freelance. Where I must have. I think maybe that was India. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I mean, probably going back even further to Malaysia. I definitely worked on some Malaysia guides. Really? So, so it probably was probably, with you. It probably was. All I mean, those if, years you ago. if you weren't totally memorable, it's because you weren't awful. So that's a, <laughs> that's a I good will thing. take it. I will take it. <laughs> Better to be forgettable than terrible. By the yeah, no, it's it's definitely certainly in my rough guides days. It was the it was the difficult writers that you really remembered. So. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm glad that I'm not mem- either that or you're or you're covering up very very well now yeah. right now. So I do appreciate that. Oh, I've just blanked it out because it was it was that. Bad. Yeah, the, the was it the human subconscious is a powerful thing, right? Yeah. It just has the ability to blank out pain, and maybe yeah. maybe that's where we're talking of pain. Let's call, let's talk about the London Dungeon because I had no yeah. idea about that. What what was your kind of role at the at the London Dungeon? Oh, it just gets better. So I I started out as a dungeon keeper. Brilliant! This is brilliant. <laughs> And uh, God, I can't even remember. It was you've blanked that out as well. But yeah, no. Well, I can't remember how I got into it. I think I was just looking for a job before, so I went to New Zealand briefly to work as a teacher after I finished university, and um, so I needed a kind of stop, a stopgap. Mm-hmm. Um, so, of course, I went and became a dungeon keeper. Of course, yeah. Um, and yeah, so I got dressed up in kind of white white face and uh, you know bloody kind of fake cuts and a big wig, and I looked like a kind of Victorian governess, <laughs> and uh, uh, well covered a, a dead Victorian governess, and uh, and that's where I met my husband actually. <laughs> uh, it gets gets better and better. Yeah. we don't need to talk about the rest of the podcast kind of yeah, question. I've got a whole <laughs> I've got a whole host of questions lined up, but I want to talk. Yeah. So what was was your was your future husband dressed up as as a uh, not a zombie? I, it feels like we got like quite a strong Halloween th- theme running through yeah. today's episode. Um, yeah, it's appropriate. So what was what was your husband doing at the London Dungeon at the so time? He was working as an actor, which was like a step up from Dungeon Keeper. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like a hierarchy, was there? Yeah, yeah, oh, definitely. Um, so he and he was. I think when I first met him, he was in the Victorian like Jack the Ripper area so he was dressed up as some kind of victorian um dead person i guess and it was love at first sight it was it was you know it i mean what more do you want for (laughs) the start of a relationship than two people who look like they've been murdered (laughs) wow yeah well that's um yeah i always say we you know we have a lot of guests uh, a lot of journalists a lot of uh, travel photographers uh you know on the podcast and inevitably travel writing perhaps more than any other career for some reason has people from all walks of life all kind of backgrounds all um you know roots into the industry let's say work you know prime example 
Jamie Lafferty used to clean toilets all the way through to somebody like Sue Watt, who has an MBA. So the whole gamut. But we've never spoken about dead Victorians in people's uh, previous careers. So we're really... We're really just ticking all the boxes. Fantastic. Um, so, you know, unfortunately, your time at London Dungeon came to an end and you moved into to working for, for Rough Guides as, a, as an editor. Perhaps you could tell us a bit more about your kind of first travel experiences, where you got to. I know, obviously, editing is, is mainly based at the desk, but presumably you've had some wonderful experiences actually seeing destinations as well. Yeah, well, I, one of the really great things about working as an editor for Rough Guides, and it, it certainly wasn't just me, it was a lot of us, was that um, was being able to um, go out and do some research trips ourselves. So uh, my first research trip was for Europe on a budget. Um, I went to France, I did Paris, and, and that was the great thing is I basically got to say where I wanted to go. And um, so... Um, so there were always going to be two contributors on that section of on the France chapter of the book. And I basically got to carve it up into the bits that I wanted to do, which was Paris and the South. Very <laughs> so nice. It was nice. And then um, so I did that. And then I covered Laos for a couple of for, for the rough guide to Laos and Southeast Asia mm-hmm. on a budget. And then I did a couple of editions of uh, the rough guide to France. Um, maybe that's what we worked on together as well then maybe did you were you were you uh see this is this is showing my lack of knowledge were you a contributor on the rough guide to rough france? guide to france i was many 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 years ago. it might have been my first one actually because oh. i used to live there okay might have been my but this is this is going back too long ago now to be honest <laughs> so, so yeah so you worked on rough guide to france yeah so so there's that i think france was my last one i did because the last time i updated it um I took my daughter along so she was like oh, two wow. years old and uh came around with me for three weeks which was fun fantastic but, so this is the Paris and then the south so you were down on the oh so for, for Riviera France, so, as it were well so that's what I did for Europe and then mm. when it came to the France guide I did the Dordogne oh, um, I think it was the Dordogne the lot and somewhere else I should be able to tell you where that is but it's completely yeah. It's all right. I'm not. I'm not going to, you know, score you on this interview. Don't worry. You're not expecting. (laughs) Many many years ago now. I mean, it's it's quite frightening how how many years ago it all is. But um, Mm. obviously, still very very active in guidebooks. I can tell from your collection of brat guides, if nothing else, on the just over your just over your shoulder (laughs) on the on the bookshelf behind you. um, Doing a lot of work again, like kind of. Folks, you'll you'll probably realise that the travel writing or travel media, travel photography, whatever you like to call it, industry is quite small because Emma and I kind of overlap in our time at Brat Guides as well. You're doing, uh, you've got some Brat Guides projects coming up in the future, I believe. Yeah, so I mean, I work very heavily with Brat as mm. a as an editor. Sure, I've been working with them pretty much the whole time I've been um, freelance, and I particularly work on their slow travel guides. Yeah, of course. Which, Kind of focused on British regions and all about slow travel. Um, so yes, yeah, so I've uh, recently been commissioned to write one of them, which is Fantastic. obviously very exciting. So that's going to be to Northwest Scotland. Um, so it's basically everywhere on the mainland north of Inverness. Um, so that's so that's Inverness is in the east, and then over kind of basically to um, just basically where. Sky is so not yep. including sky, but um, looking up towards is it Apple Cross and that kind of part. Yeah, of the so world? just a bit further south of that. Okay, so that so it's it's actually a huge, <laughs> it's a huge amount of uh, 
of uh, Northern Scotland, which is slightly is exciting, but it's also um, slightly terrifying, especially <laughs> as I don't live there. So, um, and I have two two small children to uh, to also help look after in amongst guidebook research and earning earning other money. So, and all, all the money that you know to look after these folks, I guess. The the, the trip that you've just had to Scotland was just a holiday, is that right? That's nothing to do with the book. <laughs> Yeah, it was actually for journey so um that's exciting my first my first commission can i call it a commission if i basically commissioned self-commissioning <laughs> is a thing right yeah of course yeah but um yeah so i um was up there with a company called um wilderness scotland who kind of do lots of adventure and activity um based trips so lots of um guided hiking guided um cycling they do like sea kayaking um and then you can also like book um a self-guided trip with them so they're a really interesting company so the whole one of the points of the trip was to look at the kind of sustainability Excellent. um things that they're doing they've, they've got a real drive towards kind of being net zero by 2030 um and so they were kind of showing off what they're doing but also introducing us to other um, kind of companies and organisations in the region that um, are, are kind of making real efforts in sustainability. So we went to visit a croft called Lindbreck, which is just like this amazing place where basically the two women who run it, are, are, you know, they're, I think they said something like 95% or it might have even been more than that. I don't have my notes on me of what they produce. Oh, sorry, of what they eat, they produce on wow. their farm. And it's just beautiful. It's not, you know, here in Oxfordshire, you know, we have the kind of farmland that we all associate with England, which is very neat, ordered fields. They're square. You know, they've got drainage ditches around the edge. Um, And this was so totally different. There was a real wildness to it. And um, it was just it was amazing. So we saw stuff like that. We also went for like a a 25 kilometre e-bike ride. That makes it sound really easy, but like into (laughs) and across the moors and into the mountains. And it was just I mean, it was torrential rain, but it was amazing. It was, it was, um, yeah, just, just phenomenal. So that was, you know, you've got a book coming up. Uh, it, all, all being well, the book will come out next year. Is that right? No, it'll be twenty twenty four. So twenty twenty four, all being well, and you've got two kids who, uh, you know, who are based in Oxfordshire, but you've also got to get, or you've just come back from Scotland on the Caledonian sleeper to to research this story for journey. If it sounds like it's all going, it sounds like it's yeah. all bloody miles away up in Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> I know I just really need to actually move my whole family up to Scotland. <laughs> which is what I keep saying, when are we moving? <laughs> so um but yeah, if I had my way, we'd be there <laughs> like I a shot. Everyone, everyone likes living down here. It is nice, but um <laughs> it is it's a little I mean we had a uh, two three weeks up in Sky not too long ago and it is phenomenal, right? It's not just like pretty in you know, I live in the Cotswolds. I'm very very lucky. It's gorgeous around here. Yeah. But there's like in, as kind of similar to what you say like there's like english gorgeous countryside and yeah. then there's like scottish gorgeous which mm-hmm. is just that i don't like to use the word awe inspiring nowadays because people tend to use that for you know like oh my god this sandwich was awesome <laughs> it was a sandwich <laughs> but like when it comes to awe and awe inspiring and awesome yeah. scotland really has that no it really loads. it really does and it's that kind of you know we found it this weekend was um you know we'd be stopping stopping on our bike ride to take a picture only to like then go five seconds <laughs> further on and the <laughs> view would be even more amazing and certainly like when I I was up researching a book to the north coast 500 and it was the same thing you know you kind of swear because the the scenery is amazing go around a corner 
and it's even better. And then you think, well, yeah. it's not going to get better than this. And then you go around another corner and it is. And it's just, yeah, I did. And I didn't until I went up there for the first time, I didn't really realize that there was scenery like that in the UK, despite the fact that I had at Rough Guides edited countless, <laughs> countless oh, Scottish yeah. Islands and Island Guides. I guess I did, just didn't really believe it till I was actually there. Um, so for me, it's really kind of fostered this this intense kind of love affair, probably quite one sided <laughs> with, <laughs> with the Highlands. But I just it's become kind of the place that I just want to um, keep returning to. I'm sure I'm sure the Highlands love you, too. I'm sure it's not unrequited. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> it's, um, it is mad, isn't it? Like kind of I guess the cliche would be, you know, in it's not interesting if it's on your doorstep or that's mm-hmm. kind of the uh I, I don't the preconception of it right it's mm. not that far away you can get there on the train it's not that i hate to use the word not exciting but you know you'll see where i'm going with this it's somebody yeah. said to me you know if if you took the scottish islands and you know let's say god picked them up and moved them to new zealand they'd be full of english tourists yeah but because it's and, and this is maybe speaking pre-pandemic because lord knows one nice thing that's come out of this horrible last few years is that we've relearned how to appreciate our own country, which is a yeah. wonderful thing. Um, but yeah, up until up until you know 2020, let's say, I I had no real knowledge or no real connection, let's say, to the Scottish Highlands. I guess because because are we kind of are we so spoiled that you can just jump on a plane to you know southern mm-hmm. Europe for twenty quid, and maybe that's part of it. But hopefully, yeah. this book will kind of help you and help the readers, you know, relearn the beauty of the area. Does that sound about right? Yeah, hopefully. I think, um, you know, it's it feels like I mean, obviously, loads of people know about the Highlands. Um, It's not like it's undiscovered, but I think there is a lot. I felt so when I went up to research the North Coast 500, I felt that very aware that there's not really anything on the market that kind of really gets under the skin Mm, of that region, because it's usually either part of a Highlands and Islands guide. And obviously, the Highlands and Islands are are really huge yeah, of course. um or or it's part of a north coast 500 guide which is very much aimed at people who are literally just kind of stopping at countless whizzing around it kind of thing. yeah exactly and um and i kind of ended up even though i was in the process of researching that kind of book i kind of almost wanted to rectify the situation <laughs> by doing the kind of book that i felt it needed which is one that encourages people to take it slowly to really get to know the local people um you know there's some really great stuff kind of going on going on actually this touches really really nicely on the kind of the concept the thrust of helen akira's article for journey Mm. right where rather than like you know the nc500 we've got 93 more miles go 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 we've got to get here and we kind of maybe we have to miss that part or kind of go and avoid that headland or that bay because we've got to stay on the road like that's a wonderful thing that you can get around so simply but there is so much more than the the NC five hundred, the North yeah. Coast five hundred. That I think Helen's kind of point is to kind of f- completely forget all that and go yeah. against it and use it as a way to get from one place to another without kind of frantically doing like laps on the track, effectively. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's you know Helen's articles great, and um, I completely agree with all of it. I 100%. think it's yeah, and it is a real shame that people don't just follow that I mean even you know so the book that I wrote was for Collins and so obviously was very and it's a 
it's basically an illustrated guide to a hundred of the best places. But I have seen when I look on Amazon and see what people have said, people are like, oh, but it names places that are off the route. And it's like, yeah, but it's literally like that. I mean, that is even how the route is really designed and it's not, you know, it's roads that existed in the first place. So it yep. seems odd to talk about it like that, but yeah. you, there are very few roads really anywhere that you can drive and see all the sites by just not leaving the the ring road effectively yeah no exactly so you know yeah you can see the mountains and stuff but like anywhere to appreciate it like helen says you have to get off and and is there any better way of traveling really than kind of seeing a sign and thinking oh where does that where does that lead yeah and kind of following following your nose to to discover somewhere rather yeah, than just quite like, right. it's, it's, on this road. I've it's, got almost like, it's almost like saying like, uh, oh, I went to London. I saw it. It was beautifully. Oh, how like how kind of in-depth. Well, we drove around the M25. Yeah. <laughs> not, it's, not, it's not exactly, I mean, it's not exactly a perfect analogy, but hopefully that touches on the concept, guys. Like you can't just kind of get in your car and frantically whiz around a place to have any real kind of concept or real understanding and i guess that's a beautiful thing about brat's slow guides right they kind of fight that yeah no exactly and it seems it does feel to me like the right the right um kind of series for it to be part of and the right region for that series and sure. um, you know they're really about kind of getting under the skin and uh yeah kind of there's you know, certainly I've edited a lot of a lot of that series, like I said, and there's a lot of kind of talking to local people and hearing their stories, whether it's, you know, somebody making gin or having a small holding or whatever. So hopefully that's the kind of stuff I can I can find out Fantastic. on one of my trips <laughs> in a month's editing journey. I was gonna so. say, oh, well, you've you've led me beautifully kind of to the next part of the conversation. Because <laughs> as you say, you've got you've got that book kind of on the horizon. Uh, and folks, stay tuned, twenty twenty four, that will be coming out. Re- remind us of the title. Slow travel northwest Scotland. Fantastic. So stay tuned, folks, that will come out in 2024, all being well. But yeah, something a little bit more urgent, a little bit more immediate, of course, is Journey. As you just said, you've come back from uh, Scotland for a research trip for, will it be for issue four, I assume? Oh, yeah. So issue four. Well, even that we're getting ahead of ourselves because let's talk yeah. about all about issue three. As some of you will know, folks, uh, issue three has been sent off to the printers. It should be. I'm actually okay to say this month now, right? Because we've yeah. just clicked over. Oh, it's into, November now, yes. Yeah, yes. clicked over into the first of November. So later this month, everybody, issue three of award-winning Journey Magazine. That's nice to be able yeah. to say that <laughs> will be coming to. Uh, you know, people who have uh, bought it already, people who have pre-ordered it, you'll obviously get your copy in the mail. Thank you very much for your support um and you'll be able to find it in barnes and noble in the states and wh smiths here in the uk and kind of uh let's say global uh, independent magazine shops throughout the world so thank you everybody for that wonderful wonderful thing to be a part of uh but enough about me gushing about journey let's get into the let's get into the nuts and bolts of it emma so you are obviously now the editor-in-chief of journey perhaps you could mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about kind of how you got involved with the project um well I got involved because I well this is this is what I think is the case is that Lottie Gross who yep. um hopefully everyone will remember writing um for our first issue Gibraltar with, uh, yeah Gibraltar that's right mm-hmm. um she uh, recommended me to Cav and Fantastic. so Lottie and I had worked together um at Rough Guides um mm-hmm. she'd been on the web the web team and yeah I, I mean I don't think we'd even worked that much together but um but yeah so and that's it I mean that's kind of a lot of what kind of the travel industry or certainly my experience of it 
is like um is that it really helps to know to know a lot of people and um yeah so that was so that was great so lottie lottie made that introduction and Fantastic. uh yeah and it came you know obviously I had a great time because it was during the pandemic and uh you know like well like all of the writers that we got involved it was just great to be kind of doing something and feeling like we could do something mm. uh, even though the world had kind of shrunk and closed down so and again you know we spoke about travel um let's call it the travel media industry it is a small world because of course Lottie's just brought out a book with Brat Guide so yeah. it's all kind of <laughs> interconnected um yeah, absolutely Hi, Lottie, if you're listening, hope you keep, hope you keep him well. Um, so, yeah, issue three, Emma, exciting times. Um, perhaps you could tell us a little bit of, uh, about kind of who's contributed and the destinations that we can we can look forward to reading about in issue three. Well, we have, I mean, we always have excellent contributors. So I, I kind of feel bad saying that we have amazing contributors because <laughs> I don't want don't want people to think that Ooh, we don't have amazing yeah. contributors in, in the previous team. But no, we have some really, really great people. Um, this time so i'll give you some examples um karen edwards mm. has written us an article on um diving with bull sharks in fiji um and Mon- monisha rajesh um has done an article about taking a night train from um stockholm into the or across yeah yeah into the arctic circle mm-hmm. uh, into norway which is um which is wonderful and actually yeah i totally want to do that journey now it sounds amazing yeah um what else have we got cav obviously our founder has uh done a an article about botswana so obviously being a photographer the photos are outstanding yes of course um, yeah great animal shots there uh we've got big bend in texas by lauren jarvis um who yeah, has cool. contributed previously in fact we've got so her we've got a few kind of repeat yes. contributors so we've got lauren and then Keith Drew, who wrote a piece on um, Fez in our first issue. Another rough guide survivor. Yeah, and that, exactly. <laughs> quite, yeah. <laughs> oh, quite a theme. So it sounds like we've got a whole heap of writers and photographers and wonderful destinations to look forward to. Yeah, absolutely. We've got some really great stuff. So um, Ash Bardwaj um, has written a great article about Estonia, um, the connection between the land and the food. Um, so it's very much a kind of foraging mm culture which i had no idea about um but less less trendy yeah exactly right like the the hipsters of shoreditch would be charging you know 16 dollars a plate of kind of foraged mushrooms and stuff but of course in estonia it's not it's it's not trendy as you say it's not fashionable it's just how the locals have already have always made their meals right no absolutely and um that i mean that was something i knew nothing about but it sounds it sounds excellent i think really kind of relevant these days to when we were all thinking about sustainability of course so, um, so that's fascinating. Um, then we also, um, Norai Jemal has written us kind of like a city guide to Montevideo um, in Uruguay. So um, again, for me, actually, that was a city I knew nothing about. So now I know lots. But um, yeah, it sounds it sounds fascinating. Wonderful. It's kind of just across the river from, from Argentina and um, has loads to offer. So I think that'll be awesome. um, of interest to a lot of people. Um, and then we've got uh, three great photo essays. So we've got one on the Day of the Dead in Mexico. So there's there's your Halloween theme. There um, you go. Perfect timing. Yeah, Halloween theme. Yeah, today, isn't it? The Day of the Dead, 1st of November. I feel like. That I guess that be. makes sense, right? Because Halloween presumably is the eve of it, yeah. as in Eve. So today is 
Well, look at that. We, we completely planned, folks. Well done, us. That was <laughs> of course, it won't, be, it won't be the 1st of November when everyone's listening. <laughs> oh, damn it. Well, that's ruined it, hasn't it? Okay, yeah. well, for, for the folks who are listening, maybe on the 3rd of November or later, it is, in fact, the 1st of November for us right now. So yeah. that was perfectly timed. Thank you very much. No more yeah. no further questions. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, so we've got that piece. Um, so that's that's great, really vivid. Um, then we've got another photo essay on Laos by um, Julia Berdinelli, which is kind of looking at um, sticky rice and how how kind of much a part of society and like daily life it is. Um, so that's that's really beautiful. And then Bella Falk has um, done a photo essay on a village in Guatemala where um, the buildings have been kind of painted and decorated to kind of re reinvigorate um the village and kind of bring tourism back back into it so so that's yeah that's another beautiful one excellent sort of, sort of vibrancy and color <laughs> wonderful and of course these are all uh you know given the business as it were with journey magazine we're talking double page quadruple page yeah. spreads to really emphasize the wonderful photography that these people are producing yeah absolutely fantastic I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. ask the uh, people who have contributed is you know what tips would you offer to somebody starting out in the industry mm. and you know network isn't networking excuse me is a powerful thing you know oh. you get to know people you get to know their character you get to know the way that they uh, I don't know what would you say like interact with people socially and of course that's kind of connected to how you write and how you communicate on paper so there's it makes a huge amount of sense that the the conversations that you have with people uh, you know with people in the room in real life yeah. kind of stay at the back of your mind when you're looking for written content right yeah no absolutely and I think I think it's it's that balance isn't it like we want to make sure that journey isn't a closed book so as long as it's not a case of everybody we commission being people that we have worked with or that we know personally then that's that's okay and obviously you know we try whilst we have repeat contributors we try hard not to have them you know to have somebody on the magazine three issues in a row mm -hmm. um so as as great as as great as many or everyone that we the, that we commission is um you know it's so important to kind of make sure that we we provide opportunities because that's kind of what journey started out as sure. and i think we all want it to continue as is to to be an opportunity for 
for people. So um, definitely. Yeah, I mean, on that note, we've had plenty of, um, sh- sh- should we call them kind of first-time travel journalists? Somebody like Will Fleeson comes to mind, yeah. who obviously a phenomenally well-established, uh, should we say, kind of news or, or energy mm. journalist or p- even politics, uh, political journalism, but not quite as experienced, I believe, in the world of travel journalism in general. Yeah. And yet here he is getting a, what was it, a four, six, eight-page spread, mm. something like that, in Journey Magazine. It's uh, yeah. It's a wonderful yeah, so he thing came to be through on Lottie and Steph's um, is it talking travel writing? Oh yeah, yeah. Writing um, on their mentorship uh, scheme that they were doing. Oh, so. fantastic! Well, I oh right, well that was the guild, and there's another connection there. Yeah, so. there <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> it's such a. It's this such... is a very very weird conversation. The yeah. number of kind of connections. Everything oh, is connected. Exactly. I didn't. I didn't realize he'd come through as a. As a mentee, that's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I, I would argue that, Will, if you're listening, you're far too established to be a mentee. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, every day is a school day, right? So, so yeah. why not? Fantastic. Uh, any other kind of um, uh, people and places we should be talking about for issue three, Emma? What else is? Uh, what else have we got? So we've got. So going back to repeat contributors, we've got um, Simon Irwin. Um, yeah, has done us a great piece um, on Azerbaijan. We originally had an article on Pakistan lined up, but obviously um, with the recent situation had to um, pull that and Simon had written that and very quickly turned around an excellent article on Azerbaijan for us. So, um, I mean, which is a credit to his his skills as a writer and photographer, but also tells you how much he is traveling. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes, I have this other piece that I could write for you. So um, completely different destination with a completely different concept. (laughs) And I think he had he was he had either literally just been out there or he was still out there when he said he could do it. So it was so that was brilliant. And so in the UK, we've got a piece by Vicky Smith on Derbyshire Mm -hmm. about well dressing, which um, hopefully will be kind of totally new to a lot of a lot of readers even UK based certainly it was something I knew nothing about um then we've got what else have we got we've got um the Camargue in France which is written by James James March March. fantastic um that's a lovely piece um in fact if anyone's listened (laughs) to my um to I was a panelist on the BGTW um on one about commissioning um, was it yeah, about commissioning and pitching, and actually, I used his um, his pitch as an example of a great pitch. Oh, fantastic! So, um, oh, well, well done, James. You are yeah. <laughs> you are an example to us all. Yeah, but I think James James even watched it and was like, "Oh, that's a surprise." That's a very well. That's a wonderful thing to be hmm. used as the the case study for the classroom. Yeah. Well done, well done, mate. That's fantastic. So, um, in fact, one thing which I'm really quite pleased about in this issue is that we do have a couple of um writers in fact Karen Edwards from Fiji mm-hmm. and Kate Wickers who's done us a piece on Bali yeah. who had previously pitched us for actually for the Australia article or for an Australian article and we didn't end up going with them but um we commissioned them for this issue off the back of the pitches that they sent in oh, for Australia great. if that makes sense because we liked their pitches um and we wanted to work with them still um so I think Hopefully, if there are other travel writers listening, um, that's encouraging that even though you can pitch and not not be chosen or probably not even be responded to, given <laughs> given what my inbox is like, um, that doesn't mean you would you won't get commissioned at some point in the future. I mean, that's so. actually a fantastic question. I mean, like I say, we normally ask, um, you know, writers or photographers who who have worked on the project, who have contributed to one of the magazines about their kind of tips or, or advice that they might share either to people who are getting into the industry or becoming established and want to go to the next level let's say 
Um, and we can absolutely get to that in a second, but maybe this is a great time to kind of uh, to say to people, you know, if you want to get involved in, it'll be issue four or issue five or issue six of Journey, all of which are slated for 2023. Um, Emma, what kind of tips would you say to these people if they wanted to get involved? So we we do accept um, just kind of cold pitches oh, cool. sure. to our um, to our submissions inbox, uh, mm-hmm. which I believe is on the website. Submissions um, at journeymag.com. It is, yeah. Um, so we do um, accept them, but obviously, I mean, I think one of the things we always say, even when we put pitch calls out, is that we cannot respond to uh, every single every single thing that comes in though please you are welcome to chase us up if you do not hear but (laughs) i still may not reply to that (laughs) and it's nothing personal um so yeah i mean i think we often and because you know i work closely with cav on of deciding on destinations and so we often even so even though we haven't completely commissioned the next few issues um we have quite a clear idea of what what we're doing so often it is as simple as being in the right place at the right time mm-hmm. um and uh, unfortunately a lot of the pictures that we get in just aren't right because we might have already done that destination or we might have already commissioned a similar one or because it's just not what we're looking for so yeah. you know i think recently we had quite a few emails you know from people we would have loved to have commissioned but they were all european based and we knew that we're kind of fully booked for Europe there's a top tip if you're listening (laughs) um, for for the kind of foreseeable um but you know and but we we do read every single one and um you know if they're well in the past I have tried to respond to people when I think their pitches are really good but it's just not right but um that's yeah I just don't have time to do that but um we but yeah i mean as as is obvious with this issue we do kind of make a note of the people that come through and make good pitches and or and sound interesting um that we do want to work with in future so um so no response doesn't necessarily mean there there won't ever be a response um that's but, just the nature of the game right i mean I, yeah. lord, lord knows how many emails are in your inbox right now emma it's going to be yeah no just in terms of like i think i think most editors or most uh, editor editors in chief would say this or commissioning editors would say that if they uh, you know spent the uh, if they answered every email if they replied to every email they wouldn't actually edit anything because they wouldn't have time in the day to do anything else right i think that's the thing and it's really you know i i know what it's like to send out a pitch and not get a response and it and it's and so you know in an ideal world i would reply but I'm also, you know, I think even if I was in-house, it would be it would be the same. But um, but especially as being a freelancer and juggling other jobs as well as journey, it's just totally, totally impossible. But um, but yeah, and we do put out specific um, pitch calls. Um, So we usually put out at least one an issue, I think. So if so, it's always worth kind of following us on uh, Twitter. Oh, be- beautifully that. beautifully done there and a fantastic yeah. segue because literally my next question i was going to say is how come how can people find you how can people find journey online uh for for exactly things like this for staying tuned to pitch calls shall i let you do the the social media handles yeah sure so you can uh, follow us at journey mag that's right isn't it for twitter 
In fact, it's probably the same for Journey Mag throughout, I believe. Yeah, yeah. there we go. See, I should just let you do it. Simon. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so you can follow follow us on those. Um, I believe there's also somewhere you can sign up on the website to be on our kind of mailing list. Yes, absolutely right. You can go to journeymag.com slash contact. You can find or just go to journeymag.com, of course, J-R-N-Y-M-A-G.com. And in the menu, you will find that's in the footer menu at the bottom of the page. You'll find the contact us page where you can uh, set up uh, to get our newsletter. You can also stay tuned for any pitches that Emma and Cav will send out. I think that's what you were talking about, Emma, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so they'll come through. And um. I yeah I'm also on Twitter as M Gibbs so it's E double M G I B B S um and I so I always put the pitch call out from that account but it always gets retweeted by Journey by Mag Journey. so so you're kind of not gonna you're not gonna miss it if you don't follow me because I also drone on about a whole load of <laughs> unrelated <laughs> that's what Twitter's for right yeah exactly so M so Gibbs if- on Twitter and M Gibbs underscore writer on Instagram is that correct uh no M Gibbs underscore words words beg your pardon yeah. yeah just just for the hell of it you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh kind of let's start winding our way towards the end of this conversation if you would Emma if that would be all right um what's kind of the next I, I guess we've spoken a lot about the book and a lot about journey uh kind of issues four yeah. five and six for 2023 uh, as in the book for 2024 uh but there'll be a lot of work on it in 2023 no doubt and obviously issues four five and six of journey magazine uh if you've got time to do anything else what are your kind of your next trips your next plans for for the next year um, but I mean, trip wise, it's I think it's just all going to be Scotland. <laughs> so it's, uh, that's that's it. I mean, I I kind of we well, we made a collective decision, my husband and I, a few years ago that we weren't going to fly anymore. So that's one Excellent. of the things that's kind of, um, I suppose, fostered or developed my love for Scotland mm. was that's kind of almost come out of necessity. Um, that's wonderful. But, but yeah, so I mean, I, and that's not to say, I feel like I should say this in case anybody ever follows me and then sees that I do fly somewhere, but um, <laughs> yeah, that's not to say we wouldn't, you know, we've got family in the States and stuff, but certainly at this, at this moment in time, that's our, that's our kind of aim. So, um, but yes, it'll all be Scotland based. We do have a trip to the Isle of Lewis, which, doesn't fall within the remit of my book but um we've got that booked for the summer so that, um, that's just a holiday is it or that is just a holiday. Ooh, lovely travel yeah. writers taking a holiday what a strange I know, concept i know well i did kind of think <laughs> oh should i cancel it and then just book us into somewhere within the area that that my book falls but then of course that wouldn't be a holiday that would exactly be, right. that would be, be a research, research trip with the with the kids around and needing entertaining so <laughs> it's uh <laughs> that'd be different so yeah no that's pretty much it and then you know just wonderful juggling multiple different uh edits of different things magazines and books and uh yeah hopefully fitting in fitting in more writing as well so fantastic wonderful that sounds like a busy year ahead yeah (laughs) terrifying (laughs) (laughs) um one final question actually emma because we kind of touched on it with various kind of journey connected things Mm. but one question i always like to ask is what kind of tips or advice would you give to somebody who's starting out in the industry who's you know who's maybe heard the journey podcast or read journey or read any kind of travel writing or or seen any travel photography and they want to get into the industry what kind of advice would you give them Oh, it's it's re- it's so hard. Um, I mean, I would say it's really good to have some kind of showcase for what you're doing. Sure. So even if it's just well, not just, but even if it's writing a blog or something, you know, certainly from an editorial point of view, 
it really it really helps for me to be able to see that you can write and there's no so even if you're struggling to get a commission or something then if you've got a blog on which I can say oh yeah this person can write or has been to interesting places or whatever that's really helpful um and so I would say that I would networking is is really really important um yeah I mean kind of looking at it from a writing point of view and persistence and just kind of I don't know yeah and talking I think don't be afraid to kind of talk to to other writers um and which I guess is network where networking comes in but you know by and large people will be happy to answer ask questions people always people always quite like to feel like they're experts I know I do (laughs) (laughs) so you know um and and you know people can always remember what it's like starting out and kind of thinking how how do I actually achieve this how do I how do I do it um you know I mean if if it's guidebook writing that you want to get into I think um you know it certainly used to be the case but a lot of um guidebook companies have information on their websites about about writing for them but again just having something to show in terms of a portfolio, portfolio. um is really important thank you very much fantastic I think that's probably all we have time for today. Uh, You've been listening to Editor-in-Chief of Journey Magazine, Emma Gibbs. Thank you so much for joining us, Emma. It's been fantastic talking to you. Oh, thanks, sir. It's been lovely. Appreciate it. Thank you. You've been listening to The Journey Podcast, which is available at journeymag.com. That's J-R-N-Y-M-A-G.com or wherever you usually access your podcasts. I'm Cy Wilmore, and thanks for listening. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.